Instructional Designers in Offices Drinking Coffee is brought to you by Domino, makers of Domino One, the all-in-one cloud-based e-learning authoring tool for teams. You can learn more at domino.com. That's D-O-M-I-N-K-N-O-W.com. Now, here's this week's episode. another idiotic it is and it um and it feels like it's been so long because we of course had to miss last week due to scheduling challenges and it just real. i just dawned on me I, I didn't get to hear that theme song last week so you know it, it warms my heart it does. <laughs> uh, speaking of warming hearts we're getting a lot of weather updates in the chat Mm-hmm. yes this is where Canada and, and parts of the U.S. become very divergent in our experiences. I have a, a light snowfall happening. It's uh, not quite snow globey, but it's, uh, it could get there today. Very holiday-esque uh, for those of us who are in the, uh, in the Christmas holiday mode. That said, other places joining us here today, uh, we've gotten some nice reports of... Uh, different places a bit of rain was thrown in there uh jennifer's telling us that it's uh, not surprisingly chilly in winnipeg and the truth is everybody in canada knows that winnipeg's real name is winterpeg that's what everybody refers to it as <laughs> um it's a it's just that's just uh, david just tossed that in <laughs> so great minds think alike maybe Anybody. <laughs> yeah. So, so Brent, how are you in Arizona? You mentioned the chat. It's finally cold. So tell me what cold is because. Oh, know. oh, Deb, it's, it just like started becoming under 70. So yeah, it's quite, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's quite, quite chilly. So you're, you'll get, you'll get the skates out any day now and uh, be ready for the <laughs> pond to freeze over. Yeah. 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 Oh, and folks, we have Myra Rodan joining us today. And Myra's good morning, everyone. Yes, I'm in Vegas. What's the the Vegas weather? This chilly. Um, So it is now 48 degrees Fahrenheit, which is uh, what is that? Eight degrees Celsius, right? Yeah, somewhere around the the, the tens mark, maybe around ten. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I should be able to convert things into Celsius. Like I'm from Puerto Rico, we use metric. <laughs> I, I only just have like a that. few reference points, like room temperature is here and freezing <laughs> is here. And, and then after that, I just kind of guesstimate because you can't really do the math in your head uh, totally. So, um, Myra, you've been with us, uh, you know, a number of times on Idiotic before, but there may be some folks who haven't uh, met you yet here with us. So give us a, a little bit of an introduction to yourself to get us started. Yeah. So let's see, it's been a while since I've been on with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so Myra Rogan, I am a technical program manager um, at AWS, Amazon Web Services, um, which is a division of the greater Amazon. We're the technical side of 
of Amazon, not the retail. So I cannot help you with your packages. <laughs> um, unlike many people believe when their packages don't arrive and I get emails and messages from my family members asking me to check on their package. Not my, not my area of expertise. Uh, uh, I have been in uh, the whole L&D space, the learning space for about 20 years now. So I'm dating myself a little. Um, I don't know. I've worked with a lot of Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies. I've done a lot of things. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I my area of focus is emerging technologies, but I also do research around labor market demand and jobs. So that's kind mm -hmm. of my areas where I tend to like um, work in and uh, the labor market and competency building is kind of my bread and butter. And, and every time you've joined us, we've talked about something that's been uh, let me t the breadth of different things that you've ended up uh, bringing to us is always uh, it's always incredibly it, sounds, it always feels like you've got your your fingers uh, you know in so many different uh, in so many different pies checking different things out. It's brilliant. Um, today we're talking about a game which is completely different from any other time that you've you've been with us before. Um, so maybe just start out by telling us, uh, I mean, what is the LearnCoin game and, and give us a bit of a, I guess, a background on that and we'll get started. Yeah, definitely. So the name of the game has evolved and I came up with a jingle last night based on, we did some play testing. <laughs> hey, you didn't sing the jingle for us last night. <laughs> you inspired me afterwards. Uh, so I, I tortured Brent. He, uh, he, he play tested my game. And um, I'm doing like actual play testing, which is where I have people kind of join and play the game. So um, this whole game is about blockchain. Um, and it's the objective of the game is to actually help people understand how does blockchain work? Because a lot of people, um, it's so abstract for people and it's hard to like, you can watch videos that tell you, you can learn, what did you say last night? You can learn blockchain in three minutes, right? And you're like, I still don't know what it is. Um, you watch the video and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's um, tons of YouTubes out there on <laughs> learn it in 30 seconds. Check out this animation. Yeah, so um, uh, because I have this methodology that I developed with my team called the crap method. So um, I'm using the crap method when it comes to teaching people how blockchain works. So I developed this game originally for um, ATDTK um, 2022, which is in January, and we're going to be playing my game. But this is also going to become a physical game, a, a tabletop game that people will be able to purchase and um, use it either. It's going to be, I, I'm really seeing my audience is going to be more uh, academic, um, like school, you know, middle school through through colleges so um because there is there is some light math right brent <laughs> very light very light <laughs> there's some light math because you know we uh have to hash so this is where my jingle comes in so i'm a big fan of the clash nice and you know rocking the cast bar oh yeah one of my favorite songs by the clash um so I was rethinking the name of the game because I haven't initially it was going to be learn coin, but that doesn't, isn't uh, like uh, catchy enough. So I'm thinking I'm going to call it <laughs> hashing the blockchain. Um, and as I was uh, thinking of the name last night, rocking the cast bar came into my head, it, my, to my mind. Cause you know, we're like, 
you know, we're going to mine the blockchain. We're going to hash. Yeah, we're, uh, we're going to mine the blockchain, hashing the blockchain, hashing the blockchain kind of deal. <laughs> oh, come on, sing it. Let's go. <laughs> no, no. I need the whole lyrics. Like, this is all on my head. I will definitely um, have a jingle out for you guys. I got to bring my ukulele out and Ooh, try yeah. to make a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, big Clash fan here as well. Yes. Um, and, and I know, of course, Rock the Casbah is going to be in my brain all day. For the rest <laughs> I know. Of the day. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. It's, I'm it's good. Sorry. It's good. It's a good place to be. It, it's, um, you know, replacing some of the Christmas melodies that were, you know, foisted yeah. upon me on the radio this morning. So <laughs> now you will awesome. also be thinking about hashing the blockchain. I'd be waiting for the jingle. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting for the single to drop. Myra dropping the big single. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, so how did you, I mean, how did, where did you get started with this? What was the, the, you know, did you just look at it and say, people need to know about the blockchain or was there something else that, that kind of brought you to even thinking about a game initially? Yeah. So I've been kind of playing in the crypto market since like the early 2012s, um, where I invested some money in crypto i really didn't understand it at that point so i was like oh there's this thing called crypto and you use it in the dark web to buy shit so um <laughs> i invested a hundred dollars in this crypto um and you get a public key and a private key which is like your like your um identification so then you have access to your to your funds um and because i knew little about crypto and so i wrote my keys down on a piece of paper that i lost so guys i am a crypto millionaire i just don't have access to my money right now <laughs> because i can't find my keys um yeah so it's um so uh as i've seen um this whole idea of uh um crypto evolving um, and we now see full countries adopting cryptocurrency as their uh, their monetary um, value, right? Um, we're also going to start seeing um, blockchain being used for other things. So right now, a lot of you may have heard of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, um, and may not understand what that is, right? Or like, what's the, what's the point of it? Um, but we're going to start seeing... Uh, physical things have NFT value also. They're going to be turned into NFTs, which makes it very unique. Um, and we'll see things like diplomas and certificates and uh, any type of credentials being backed by blockchain, um, which brings us to like, what the heck is blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably I'm not the only one asking that question. So, uh, <laughs> well, so we talked about this a little bit last night. There's probably not a snowball's chance in heck we're going to be able to explain all of the details of yeah. blockchain in 45 minutes or less. But the really important part is the the game aspect of it, right? That's um, mm -hmm. I know everybody's really excited about learning about blockchain, probably, and we'll we'll probably talk a little bit about that, but. Um, Let's start with the game. Let's start like yeah, so so, we know we know how the game kind of came about. So how did you mm -hmm. start to tackle it as an instructional designer, as somebody that's in L and D? Like you say to yourself, okay, I'm gonna make a game. I'm gonna go for it. Then what? 
Yeah, so it all started um, during ATD um, ICE in Salt Lake City this year. I had submitted a um, proposal for a blockchain session and it got approved. Um, and um, <laughs> I know. And Destry Hildenbrand, for you, he is a, a big AR guy, um, augmented reality. He was so beside himself and excited about the potential behind blockchain. Sorry, I have a little one here. The potential of blockchain that I was like, okay, I have to, I have to make this very tangible so he, so everyone else can get as excited as Destry about this, right? Um, and so I was like, I'm gonna make a game. Um, and so just for context, for you guys, blockchain is just a digital ledger that stores data in discrete blocks. So it's just a storage place for data, right? That's all blockchain is. Um, and so I was trying to explain this to Destry. And he's like, yeah, we could do like NFTs and we can do all this other stuff. And this is where my coin came up. So I was like, okay, Destry, I'm going to like sit down and formalize this because it cannot be just me presenting. Like, I'm going to tell you about blockchain today, guys, right? Like, um, and because my cr I have this crap method and crap is for like concrete representation abstraction and then practice so with concrete i'm the game just throws you into blockchain and let me share my screen really quick yep uh, let me get the rules out of the place and let me do this okay so this is what we played last night is what i'm going to be sharing i'm going to minimize this let me move our picture back so on the um here on the screen i'm going to minimize my Okay, so here on the screen, these are the components of the play test that we did last night. So uh, this is a digital version of the game. The game is going to be um, a printed version, but for prototyping, um, it's really expensive to prototype a physical game. So I decided to use Mural to create a digital version of the game that I could test um, the mechanics of and test the gameplay. So there's a few, there's a lot of components here. This ledger over here is part of the game. And basically, um, what happens here is each player has a wallet, as you can see here. And let me see if I, I can make this bigger so we can look at a wallet. Uh, so each player has a wallet, and each player gets tokens and the these NFTs. And then they have their own ledger, which is this screen here. Um, and then in the middle of the board game, there's these transaction cards, and then there's a network. The network is like that blockchain network where all the coins go and all of the blocks are held. So going back here, so the gameplay begins with everyone pulling in uh, clockwise a card and these are transaction cards and you just do what the card says. So like uh, this one is attentive psychic reading mobile course, pay three coins to the player on the right. So, you know, whoever pulled this card has to transfer three coins to that to the player on the right and everyone adds the transaction, let me pull up your, uh, here, this is a completed one. Everyone um, adds the transaction name, value, and the wallet ID to their ledger. After we complete the five rounds, we then go into a mining round. And I'm gonna make this bigger here, because this is, this is where everyone got caught up and where everyone got really competitive also. Um, <laughs> I lost, by the way. <laughs> Okay, I, and I was told that I need to really inform you guys that Betty Danowitz won. Um, <laughs> she wanted to make sure that I told you guys that. Um, so Brian Washburn, Betty Danowitz, Destry, Brent, and I all played last night. 
So once you get the transactions in, then you have to, the mining round is about solving a puzzle. And this is where in blockchain, there's actors and there's miners. So we start out the game as actors and then we change, put on our mining hat. Um, and with mining, you're solving a puzzle and you're creating a hash algorithm. So a hash, which is like um, an encryption of a transaction and, it, and it's added to a block within a blockchain. So everyone here then has to start mining. And what you do is like a nonce is a number used only once. And in this instance, this is supposed to be nine here. Let me fix this because this threw, this threw Betty off because I didn't fix hers. Um, but you pick a number used only once, any number between one and nine. And then you have to enter the, the last three digits from the previous hash. So this is the previous hash in this instance. This is the previous, previous hash here. And then the name value, so the first letter of the na transaction name, you decode it over here. And then the value, which is the same value because it's numerical, and then the node value, you got to convert that C to a number. And then it strings all the numbers together here. And it needs to make sure that it's divisible by three. So let me just show you guys something. So if I change this to three here, you'll notice that it turns red. So that means that this hash is not divisible by three and so this player would have to keep on guessing um like what numbers kind of using numbers until they get um a green uh signal there uh letting them know that they solved it correctly then they can move on to the next um uh puzzle um this is uh this is a very simplified version of a hashing algorithm this here this picking out these digits here and then making sure it's divisible by three. This is part of what computers do on a regular basis. So this is the prem basic premise of the game. Once all of the hashes are solved for the transactions, the player who solved it first calls hash, and then everyone has to verify that they did it right. So we had an inc um, incidence with Brian Washburn who did not use the, he called hash first, but did not have the correct last three of the previous hashes. So he didn't, so he lost that turn because he didn't solve it correctly. Um, but it's about consensus. So we all verified his work. We found the error. So then we move on and we keep on trying to solve. And then the person who solves it correctly and we all verified it, then we create this final blockchain hash that is the last two digits of the winner, which was Betty. That's her node number. And then the last two digits of each of the transactions to create a hash for the actual blockchain. So that's a lot. Um, but, you know, I think once we started the gameplay, and let me see if I can find you guys again. Stop sharing here. Um, once we started the gameplay and everyone got through that initial round, I think we could have gone a few more rounds. What do you think? I totally think we, we could have. Yeah, it's, it's like most games that I learned to play for the first time, that first round is always tough right it, it's slow and everyone's asking questions and trying to figure out that's where all the learning happens right and then everybody kind of mm -hmm. has their own aha moments and then you then you kick it into high gear and then you start rocking it and everyone you know tries to win yeah you know, and so us, uh, so well, i just want to like iterate there that the that's part of the crap method right so i had you do something very concrete and then we had discussion where all the questions came up and that's representation because your brain is starting to like piece it together. And then I shared like about blockchain and how things worked and the algorithm piece. 
and then we could have gone through another round, which is the practice. Yeah, we and we we did. That's when we started talking and chatting about it. So in in um, so when somebody buys your game, when it, when it's you know readily available and whatever, is that going to be built into it too? I I I forgot to ask you that if. Yeah. So there is going to be like an instructor manual and after certain Mm -hmm. rounds, if somebody has questions or even if there aren't any questions, you throw out a little learning nugget to see if, you know, people actually got what they were supposed to get at that particular round and then you keep going or how's that work? Yeah. So because it's an, it's an educational game um, and because I, of the population that I'm targeting, which is very broad um, and the education space, um, there is the first round is going to be that let's learn how to play this round um, and then some discussion and I'll have some talking points for educators to share about like, okay, so we played the game and, and now we're going to have this discussion. What do you think? What did you think you were doing over here in the ledger? Um, how do the transactions relate? And so it helps people tie that. And then I'll have, they have, I have a glossary of terms already that they can use. Um, and then, uh, there'll be some like learning objectives and stuff in the educator guide. Um, I haven't, like, I have a rough outline of the educator guide cause I needed to focus on the game design first, um, you know, with that in mind, but, um, it's the whole goal is not to make everyone like a blockchain expert, right? <laughs> cause you're not going to become a blockchain expert. But it's, you have some knowledge about like how does blockchain work because then you can think about use cases, mm-hmm. right? Because I have a bunch of different transaction cards that we use. There's everything from like NFT credentials, like diplomas, degrees, you're buying and selling NFT art, music, games. Um, you're doing regular transactions like attending a conference or taking a class. Um, so those are all use cases for, for using blockchain. So blockchain is just storage. Okay. So, I mean, it's funny when I hear people talk about like, I'm going to use blockchain because like, it's just storage. (laughs) Like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to put on top of that? And it's like all of those um, physical and digital assets that you can now um, use blockchain to verify transactions on. So it's all about transactions. Yeah. So let's jump back into the design aspect of it. I, I, I think I either saw it in a tweet or on LinkedIn, or maybe when you and I were chatting, you mentioned, wow, it's really hard to build a game. There's a lot more that goes into it than I thought or, you know, whatnot. And I think that's the part that I'd really like people to really understand, like going through that process. Because I think a lot of people think, oh, it's easy to build a game. You know, I know how to play games. I know how to build games, Right. What, how did you go, how did that whole process feel and look for you? Did you get lost? Did you get frustrated at times and say, this is, it's never going to work? Like, yeah, so, um, I, I, it's not the first game I built. So I built text-based, text-based games. So I'm an 80s kid, right? So I grew, mm-hmm. I was born in the 70s. I'm an 80s kid. We played text-based games. Um, mm-hmm. And so I decided one day after Ready Player One came out, I was like, okay, remember Zork? And I remember like digging that game. I was like, I'm going to try playing, uh, creating a game called Trapped in Hotel California because I love the song Hotel California by the Eagles. And I was like, it's the perfect storyline. I don't have to create the story. I just have to create a game based on it. And so I created um, Trapped in Hotel California. That took me like two months to create uh, because – 
that was a lot of mechanics of like what happens because it's a choose your own adventure. Building a tabletop game is completely different. <laughs> it is a beast of a whole different nature. Um, so I have taken some game design courses. Um, I've consulted with game designers. Um, I've, you know, talked to people who have created games. Um, and because this is unique also, and I, there's additional components I want to add to it, um, I, you know, there's there's a bunch of different rules for designing games. Like you have to think about things like what are your game components? How do people, how does someone win? What's the feel of the game? Um, what are the different pieces you're going to use? Um, your players, are they like, what type of role are they taking in the game? Um, it, like uh, there's just so much to it, right? There's, it's more like when you think about game design and gamification, they're very different. Because gamification, you're taking, like, you're learning objectives and whatever you created to learn, and you're going to put it into, like, a Jeopardy game, or you're going to create, like, a puzzle, or you're going to, you know, you're not worried about the game mechanics or the feel of the game because you're more focused on the learning part of it. With game design, you have to focus on that whole player feel, right? How does it, because if your players don't, relate to your game and don't feel your gameplay they're not gonna they're not gonna play it. it's not gonna get promoted um and so you have they're they're very distinct things that you need to um really consider in game design and i have worked like i my library is full of like game design books um I wish I had brought some over i looked at a bunch of different games um so if you notice um on the game board, I just shared like some of the transactions are like pay two coins to the player on the left, pay to the players on the right. That's based on one of my favorite games, which is Pirinola. It's a it's a it's a Spanish game um, that's played with a top, and we okay. used to play, play it with pennies. Uh, I have a Pirinola somewhere in here, but I'm going to show you what one looks like. Uh, let me dig it up really quick. Um, so uh, let me share my screen. So I can show you guys. Uh, so I just took some concepts, right? Like I took the concept of Pirinola and I took the concept of a, a regular card game. And then I had to incorporate the whole like a ledger piece for blockchain. So this is uh, Pirinola and uh, Pirinola, Pirinola is just a, a top and you can play with coins um, or you can play with, like I said, we used to play with pennies and quarters just because it's fun um, but you you roll you kind of twist the top and it'll tell you like you know take two pay two um, so it's a really fun game it's easy for kids to learn uh, but I took that concept and the card game concept and um, tied a bunch of mechanics together of already established games and Very not cool. trying to make up my own mechanics, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that was part of what I was thinking was, you know, you've got this, <clears throat> I don't know, thing that you're trying to incorporate into a game and you've got this whole, you know, spectrum of, of existing games that people, you know, have already hashed out and you're kind of aligning things that make sense. Um, you, you know, oh, could work this way. Oh, we could go, we could go that way. Um, did you think about uh, something more like a, a board game at all? Like, like I'm going to, you know, like a monopoly kind of a thing. Did you did you think in that direction at all? I did. Um, so I was actually thinking Yahtzee. Okay. <laughs> because, well, you know, Yahtzee uses a ledger, you yeah, know, where you right. track, you know, um, things. So I was like, how do I add that 
in there, right? And so I see a good question in here about like, I'm intrigued by the concept of asking, what's the game story? So in this whole, the story for this game is you're in the blockchain, right? And you are, you're going to be mining the blockchain and what, and you have to be the fastest miner. So there's a, there's a whole storyline behind that to help people understand what blockchain mining is and stuff. So it's just, I, I do think about those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I have a lot of those things that are going to be in the educator guide to help educators kind of like um, use this. You should, uh, a little side note here, you should pair up with Kevin Thorne and have him draw some characters for you and some some artwork and whatnot. Because all of a sudden now I'm thinking when I think story and when I think you're in the blockchain, when you say it like that, I'm thinking to myself, there's these little digital characters, like they're the people inside the computer running around building the hashtags you know, for you. And you're one of these little digital gnomes inside the computer building the hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm going to also, um, I'm going to have, um, I'm asking Carl Cop. I reached out to him very quickly, just saying like, I would love to have your students play this play test. Cause he's created games. So I'm going to, um, be hopefully play testing with his students. Also last night was the first play test. So if you guys don't know this, when you play test, you don't play test once with one group. You have to play test many times with many groups so you can get feedback. And uh, that's how you improve kind of like your game mechanics. And again, I made it digital because, you know, we're all virtual right now. Mm -hmm. And so um, even though it's going to be a printed game, a tabletop yeah. game, uh, the only way to actually be able to play test it without me flying out to everyone is to, you know, use something like Mural, which is an interactive whiteboard. Um, and I, I, you know, like I had to figure out, like, how do I make a card game in Mural? And how do I make all these moving components? And how do I tie in the ledger? And um, so it's really interesting uh, like it was amazing I, I how much work you put it. into building <laughs> that stuff, like the go the spreadsheet and the mural. Yeah, how you set it all up, I think, is fantastic. I yeah, you can see that you put a lot of thought in into the design and and how all those moving pieces go together. Hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you, we were talking in the green room then um, about the the importance of instructions um, and and the critical role that they play in this kind of a thing. Um, and um, so, so let's go in that direction then. I mean, your, your playtesting is obviously going to reveal places where people didn't get it and therefore need, you know, some extra help, you know, that's going to help you flesh out uh, the instructions, that kind of a, that kind of an mm -hmm. approach, I'm sure. So I'm going to share my screen again. Let me make this a little bit bigger. I see you guys can see this. I'm going to minimize this screen. Okay. So these are the instructions for the game and it is four or five pages, but your instructions have to be detailed enough where you can hand the game off to like a group and have them play without you being in the room. So that's the whole point of instructions is you need to be so detailed that someone can just pick it up and play. So I, you know, you have to have descriptions, you have to have information like how do you win? You have to have like, what are your game components, right? Like what are the things that should be in the box or in the digital game? And then the setup, because it is a game played with multiple people, what's the setup for it? Um, so you can at least get every every player set up um, and then how to play. Um, so I, I have these instructions in Evernote. I just printed it out into a PDF for the game last night. 
Um, but it's like, you know, how are the rounds played? So this one starts off with uh, transactions and the player with the lowest wallet address plays first. We just have the first player be um, player one. Um, everyone got to choose their own wallet. Um, and then it just has instructions like what happens if the player has no coins to pay for a transaction? What happens if um, they don't have, you know, a tokens or NFT cards to to continue playing what happens if they pull a specific card what happens so you have to like think of like this what if what if what if you always have to be asking what if when you're playing uh writing out your instructions um and then highlighting what are the important things like every player has to record the transaction in the mining sheet um and uh then there's instructions on mining and so there's a lot of detail in here because then in mining there's specific things that you have to do um, and so breaking this down, like I had to, then I have the glossary of terms here, uh, because there's things like gas fees and we talk about hashing and decentralized and blocks and blockchain and addresses and minting and mining and nodes and NFTs and nonsense. So there's, a, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and so being able to write out those details is, um, really important, right? So we only played one part of the game then, and you you kind of talked us through some of that stuff, like the gas price and and some mm -hmm. of those other elements. Do those are those part of the instruction that, that that the instructor then throws into it, kind of the way you did talking with us, or does that show up in the game that we just as a part of the game that we just didn't get to? Yeah, it shows up in the game of the transaction cards. Um, so you'll oh. have transaction cards that are like, pay a gas fee. You, you know, right. mint you a, an NFT, pay a gas fee. So then you get the association that when you mint an NFT, so that means like put an NFT on up for sale, you have to pay a gas fee. To it's kind of like shoots and ladders NFT. where you actually, yeah. you, you go back. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you've, um, yeah. you've mentioned a couple of times crap. And I'm familiar with crap from the graphic design world, the the um, the idea of contrast, repetition, yeah. alignment, and proximity. Um, but you're using um, you've got a different crap phrasing going on. Um, I do. Myra's all about tell different us more crap. about my yeah. Myra, tell <laughs> us about the crap. Tell me, I'm going to tell you about my crap. Um, so it is concrete, which means I'm going to give you something uh, tangible to do. Right. And I'm not going to give you, I'm going to give you minimal instructions. So in this case, it would be giving you game instructions, giving you the game, having you play. And then we're going to do representation, which is the R. Representation, it can be different forms. Like you can have someone diagram out what they did, or you can have discussion um, to talk about like, what was it that you did, right? To, to help people tether the concepts together and, and help them interpret it in their own mind. And then abstraction. Abstraction is where I tell you about like, the blockchain, like what is it? And, you know, how do all those pieces tie together? So then it helps you kind of solidify that mental model and fix any misconceptions you had in your brain already because you've already played it. So you know conceptually what it is, right? And you kind of have this interpretation of it. And now I'm going to give you like the the information on it and then practice, which means we go back and we play again with this new knowledge that you have. Very cool. Oh, you, you beat me you, to it, Chris. I know. Well, see, the thing <laughs> is, I, 
I caught them all earlier on, except I was I was short of the A. I couldn't remember. I didn't catch what the A was. So I had I pre-typed there, Brent. I was just waiting for the A to get filled in before I could push the button. On it. So anyway, well, I'm just glad we got it in there so everybody could go. see what it is. I like that. I think it fits perfectly. We um we when we were going through the game um last night, shoot, I had a point and it just escaped me. Quick, Chris has a question. It'll come back to me. <laughs> I know that last night you were like, I need time to read these instructions. I may be slower. I where do where's the ledger, Myra? Where's <laughs> Yeah, I, I was full then, of questions. But that was really helpful to me that you were so vocal because then we had, you know, like when Brian Washburn was like, ha he yelled hash, and we're like, oh, he solved all the all the transactions. We all stopped and we verified. And Destry was like, he has the wrong last three digits of the hashes. He didn't solve it, right? So like. The level of competition was amazing, but it also brought out like these whole mechanics of like the consensus method works, right? And so in blockchain, everything's about consensus because everyone has to have the same information in their ledger because that's how you verify information. And so the fact that we were able to go back and verify and say, Brian's hashes are wrong. And then everyone kept on trying to solve the puzzles, which is really cool to see happen, right? Because then it got really uber competitive. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, was, I remembered what I was going to say. So I think, I think, and I mentioned this last night, one of the things that I thought was really cool about it was the idea of starting at that really low level of how, what a hash is, the nonce, how that whole thing gets built and why because that led to the conversation about the YouTube stuff, because when you go out and you learn about blockchain and whatever they do, they abstract the whole thing up so many different levels. And then they just, they may or may not even mention a hash or a code or everything as a unique number. And then they just kind of leave it at that. I love the idea of kind of making people scratch their head and going, looking at that and going, well, this isn't like this. You're starting deep at what it is. And then you start having them, you know, dig their way out and then build up to, oh, then how do we use it, right? This is what it is. Mm -hmm. This is how it goes. And then we use it as opposed to the other way around. Hey, here's the big picture, everybody, because this is typically how we do instructional design stuff, right? Give them the big yeah. picture, show them the whole ball of wax, and then start diving down into particular little, you know, detailed aspects of it. So I think this is cool because it forces the game players to generate those questions and start asking a lot. And then when that instructor intervenes, maybe not intervenes, but then says, here's why this happens, or here's what happens when this happens. They, Oh, and it answers their questions or that they have the opportunity to ask one of the questions or whatnot. Yeah. I think I, I like that approach. Yeah. And I think one of the most, one of the other interesting takeaways for me from this first gameplay was around when we did the mining round and, you know, it's fairly simple. You're just copying numbers over and you're decoding letters into numbers. Right. And then you're creating that hash. And for Destry, um, it was cool because he, Destry is like, he gets all excited about, you know, blockchain and, and stuff like that. But for him, this was like a aha moment. And he, I could see his face just kind of like, light up when he figured out that a hash is a set of information, right? So we have some alphanumeric information like, you know, the 
the transaction name and the nodes have letters and numbers, but computers only understand numbers. So that's why you have to decode um, letters into numbers. So then the computer can read it and create a hash. And we don't use zero in there. Um, I only used one through nine purposely um, because, you know, computer language is ones and zeros. Um, and so, you know, the computer will take those long numbers and turn them into ones and zeros, which is just basically on or off. Like that's, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what it comes down to computer language is like binary. It's just like one is on, zero's off. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but to be able to, a computer be able yeah. to complete um, a thousand transactions or more in a second um, and just having you guys understand that when people are mining Bitcoin, they are making money, um, but they're also uh, using a lot of energy because they have to have these high-powered computers that use a lot of energy. And that's why you hear about Bitcoin not being green and stuff. So, Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. We won't yeah. get into that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the good news is that if this is a card game, it's, um, it's not going to use any electricity when people actually play it. So uh, I, I, I also like the idea that we're taking something um, out of its context, right? You could have made a computer game to, mm -hmm. to do this, but the, the introduction of, of cards and the physicality of it um, uh, just, it brings another, you know, another element, uh, you know, to that. And when you were talking about, you know, people playing the game first and then kind of solving some of the problems as part of the process, the a comparison that came to mind was like when Penn and Teller do a stunt or a, or a trick and you go, oh my God, that was amazing. And then they lift the curtains and you go, that's how they did it. Or that's how it works. And you're still even more amazed, you know, it, it, by that, that, that whole, that whole kind of process. It's, uh, it's a fascinating, um, you know, throw people into the deep end in a sense with it with comfort, right? Like they're not really at risk. It's not like they're actually mm -hmm. trying to do this with money or, or anything, but yes. they're thrown into something that gives them a sense of, uh, you know, there's a sense of risk or a sense of something and they've got it. It moves some of the motivation then in, into intrinsic motivation too, right? Like, oh, this, this didn't work for me. Why? Um, as opposed to being simply mm -hmm. told a set of rules and thou shalt do this and thou shalt do that if this occurs too. So there's a lot of neat psychology stuff going on uh, in, in this kind of an approach. Yeah. And so what's interesting is like I, the introduction of coins in the game. So everyone has to start off with the same amount of coins, but you have to pay coins left or right or collect coins, right? Mm -hmm. um, or pay coins to a network. And so that's painful for people, even when you're just doing paper coins or little digital coins that aren't even, even tied to any money, like any actual money. It's just mm -hmm. coins, right? Um, but it gives you kind of this um, feeling of like, I'm losing my little pot of money. Like what happens if I'm broke, right? So it's, it does bring, and so it was cool to see that emotion being brought in too, um, because then it means that my game feel is going where I want it to go, right? Like you're feeling like you have investment in this, you know, in, in this blockchain with these transactions and that you want to earn more money because that's the whole point. The winner is the person who has the most NFTs and coins and the most, and you know, has the most value. So at the end of the day, very cool. What's mm -hmm. next for the, the project uh, as we get close to wrapping up time here? Yep. Um, so I, I need to do some more play testing. Um, ATDTK is in January. We're going to be playing around 
of uh, the games uh, for people who are attending ATDTK. You'll have an opportunity to play with me. Um, that's going to be super interesting. So I need to wrap my head around how I'm going to do that one. Um, because, you know, that's not five people. That's usually a bunch of people who also want to play. So um, I'm figuring out like my master plan for that. Um, I'm going to continue play testing, And then I'm going to print a, pr a physical prototype of the game and we're going to play it at ATD ice um so working on that also so if you're going to go to ice you'll get to play the physical game with me uh, trying to get carl cop and Brittany cole to bring their games also so we can have like a learning game night um cool. at atd ice yeah so that'll be fun um and then eventually the game will get printed and be offered for sale um, and with every purchase of the game, the purchaser will also receive an NFT certificate. Um, so it'll be the game will be backed by blockchain. So you get a digital <laughs> a, a, a physical asset that has a digital certificate that's backed on the blockchain. I was wondering if you were going to do that, if you were going to yeah. sell it. Like it's going to cost you a Bitcoin to buy this game. or uh, But I like I like the certificate being on the blockchain better. That's a great idea. Yeah, and so you'll be able to pay with, with uh, some type of crypto or with cash. So let's, uh, let's tell everybody how they can stay in touch with you to stay connected to this uh, process. We'll definitely have you back as a, as like when you launch or something like that, it'll be fun. Maybe we'll do a launch party here on idiotic for you. How about that? Oh, that'll <laughs> be fun. Um, Very cool. I just put my, my LinkedIn and the chat. I hope you guys drop your LinkedIn into the chat. Also, um, I will continue posting my progress on LinkedIn. Also, I'm also on TikTok, cool. um, which is where I post most of my nonsense nowadays. TikTok. And you do. Instagram. You have fantastic nonsense, by the way. I appreciate your TikTok. I, I'm not much of a TikToker, but uh, I, I'm on there watching my kids goofiness. And uh, I recently got uh, saw that you were on it, too. So it's definitely a good place to go for sure. Yeah, some definitely. Fun stuff. Right. Oh, I'm not turning up my sound here. There we go. Now oh. it's time for us to call it a day. Time to dance away. Myra, thanks so much. This is brilliant. Um, absolutely so much fun. And we're looking forward to, to seeing how it progresses and uh, maybe getting to play along with you at some point in time more. So thanks so much for yeah, being here today. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having awesome. me. I hope everyone has a great day. Yeah, and thanks to everybody as always in the chat. Lots of lots of smart stuff happening over there too as we were chatting and, and lots of good back and forth there too. So thanks everybody for joining us again. And we will see you next week, which will be our last one of the year before we take time off for the holiday season until the new year. Um, so, but join, if you're um, currently still in Crowdcast with us, make sure you sign up for that. Um, and Brent tossed in, we've got the LinkedIn group where we post a lot of follow-up related stuff in there. So if you haven't yet joined the LinkedIn group for Idiotic, do that today. Don't wait. Act, Act now. now. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody. We'll catch you next week. In the meantime, yeah, everybody have a great Thanksgiving and all that Bye, kind everyone. of good stuff. And not Thanksgiving. We already did that. Never mind. Christmas. Christmas. Brent. Yes, that's what's coming up. Brent's going back in time here. So. Holidays. I know he is. Awesome. All right. Holidays. Thanks, everybody. We're out of here. We'll catch everybody Bye, next everyone. Time. Thanks, Danny.